0: You are listening to Hydro Talks, a podcast from the global aluminium producer Hydro, setting out to explore the modern dilemmas for industry and society.
1: Uh, Welcome to Hydro Talks. This is Craig Johnson from Hydro, and I'm your host today as we talk about energy, aluminium, and the circular economy. With us remotely is John Barry, who is head of energy technology in Hedro. John specializes in keeping on top of advances in energy technology and how using greener energy, decarbonization and recycling address so-called megatrends, climate change, e-mobility and the circular economy. Uh, Welcome John. John, we talk a lot about the circular economy, uh, eliminating waste and the continual use of resources and moving toward efficiency and reuse. How is HEDRO part of these megatrends?
0: I think I would even go further. I don't think we're actually just part of some of these megatrends, whether you're talking about uh, decarbonization, are you talking about e-mobility or digitalization, etc. I think actually HEDRO is actually pushing the envelope on some of these uh, megatrends. So when we when we talk about circular economy, you know, I think there's there's been real traction on this topic since the EU uh, Green Deal back in uh, December 2019, you know, it really set out kind of a high level but ambitious roadmap, you know, towards a kind of a climate neutral circular economy. But then this was really cemented back in March uh, when the, uh, the Commission uh, adopted this new uh, circular economy action plan.
1: You know? Recycling is a textbook example of the circular economy at work, isn't it?
0: I think, I think it's worth highlighting as well that you know, you know, a, a true circular economy, you know, I think it really will transform the way a lot of goods and materials are, are produced. And I don't think you need to be an expert to, to understand that unquestionably um, high quality recycling will be, will be a
1: crucial element of this. Yeah? And how do you see the, the role of recycling of aluminium in this?
0: And aluminium, then, I think it's um, it, it'll be one of the metals that has a major contribution, you know, to transport some of these, uh, transform some of these key product uh,
1: value chains. Uh, yes, because aluminium can be recycled over and over again, right? Uh, and has been for a, a long time.
0: Um, and aluminium, you know, it, it has a history of success in this area. You know, it has, you could say, already established its uh, circular Credentials, yeah, um, it is. It is uh, a type of permanent uh, uh, material. So I think it's amazing that, that statistic. You know that nearly seventy-five percent, 70 75 percent of all aluminium ever produced is, is still in use uh, today. So I think this this circular economy uh, megatrend is, is is crucial, and I think we're we're well positioned with our recycling uh,
1: strategy on that. But uh, all aluminium isn't uh, created equal, is it? I mean. Aluminium made with renewable energy like hydropower is preferable to aluminium made with more carbon intensive energy sources, right?
0: You could go further and you could say on a, on circularity that, you know, products, you know, they shouldn't just be designed with, with the right materials. I think they need to be designed with the greenest manifestation of, uh, of the right materials. So I think, um, you know, we're well aware that aluminium in production is energy intensive. But I think it's crucial to understand that, you know, the embodied energy in aluminium does not reflect the embodied carbon. And I think the, the product offerings that, that we have, you know, are are substantially uh, differentiated from what we see from an aluminium consumption point of view uh, worldwide.
1: And we hear about decarbonization re, uh, removing CO2 uh, from the way we live and, and how the products we buy are made. Uh, tell us about these different aspects of uh, decarbonization.
0: If we look at other megatrends, uh, such as decarbonization in general. Um, I don't think it's um, it's fair just to say around the power sector. I think decarbonisation has three chunks that are very, very interesting. Um, so you have the, the, the power sector itself, so decarbonisation of that. Then you also have decarbonisation of transport or, or mobility. And then you have decarbonisation of industry and industrial processes. And here, um, HEDRO is also... Quite deeply involved and in some areas really pushing pushing the mega trend um, forward. So when we look at uh, the decarbonisation the, the, the of power production, of course we are a large hydropower producer and that's a strong backbone for us to do additional um, additional business in this area. Yeah? So we have this new organizational unit set up, uh, renewable growth, which will focus on you know developing, for example, wind and solar projects in, in, in Brazil and in the in the Nordics. I think that's going to be uh, crucial going forward. But we must remember as well, you know, we are we are a, a very um, uh, uh, crucial enabler um, of decarbonisation and renewable growth already in the Nordics. So we are up until last year, we were the fourth largest sourcer of renewable energy in the world. That's an amazing statistic, you know. Um, and then when we look at uh, the industrial side, so decarbonisation of industrial I think it's also very impressive and very inspiring what we're doing in some of the some of the business areas. So at the moment, we're looking at um, electrification in, in Alanorta, you know, so there, there is a plan to have electrical um, boilers, you know, so instead of using fossil fuels for generating heat and steam, we're using direct electrification, um, you know, and these, these are substantial um, projects and they have substantial um, impact.
1: But uh, some of the solutions don't have to be mega, do they? Uh, I've heard of some local initiatives in Hydro that uh, can have an impact too.
0: So some of the stuff that we that we do is truly inspiring. So even some of the stuff that we're doing with batteries at some of our plants, you know, if you look to the city of industry, you know they have a very, very large battery there, you know, and that helps contribute to decarbonization of the power sector uh, in in California, for example. You know this is not a small battery. these 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 are big batteries on the world scale at these plants. You know, so I think we, we need to be a bit more open and, and forward on, on, you know, we are, we, are, we are taking in some very advanced technology and it has it has substantial effects. And, you know, it, there'll be cascading effects from actually having these in our plants. Um, uh, and I think these new business units set up, you know, these will really drive some of the change, um, particularly on some of the downstream stuff that we have. The, the energy managers and the plant managers there are extremely proactive. Um, so a lot of this it's not it's not centrally um, designated per se, but it's um, the the plant managers and the energy uh, managers at these plants are always looking for the best solutions. So so in these cases, these a lot of these solutions are proposed from the plants themselves. I think it's it's quite inspiring to see um, some of these um, downstream units take actual ownership for being part of these megatrends themselves.
1: Now, we sometimes think these solutions can be costly, but uh, in another sense, they can, they can pay for themselves, can't they?
0: A lot of the times, the, the messaging around decarbonization and going green is that it comes at a cost. Actually, the opposite. Um, a lot of these um, uh, decarbonization initiatives, whether it's batteries or direct electrification of, of heat, um, actually, they're, they're financially prudent to do it. Yeah. Um, so once, once you find the right set of circumstances and the right set of people to, to drive these projects, uh, not only can you improve sustainability, but you can actually um, uh, improve um, uh, profitability as well.
1: And uh, Hydro is moving further into uh, circular economy businesses like uh, expanding in renewable energy and e-mobility, uh, especially batteries and recycling of batteries. Uh, tell us about that.
0: Um, we're again very forward leaning so we had a we have a stake now in in corvus which delivers battery energy systems to the, the maritime sector we have a stake now in in northvolt which is uh, ramping up battery cell production in europe and will be a, a sizable player um, and we've also got the the other end of the value chain the very end uh, with uh, a partnership with northvolt this uh, hegiovolt um uh, uh, project. You know, and that, that helps close the, the value chain and comes back to circularity again, you know, where we will actually uh, recycle a, a large volume of, um, of batteries uh, from electric vehicles going forward. And then the recent announcement, of course, uh, the partnership between Equinor and um, uh, Panasonic. And I think this, you know, this just shows how forward we are, you know, with respect to pushing, uh, pushing into this um, transport uh, uh, mega trend and
1: electrification. Well, all these changes we're facing can seem overwhelming, but you sound pretty optimistic. So when I see what Hedro is doing across this,
0: across some of these mega trends, I think it's um, quite inspiring, um, and it's quite forward um, forward thinking and leading. Um, so I think uh, it's quite exciting to be working here and working on these uh, these topics um, and pushing 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 the the world in the right direction. I would say.
1: We've been talking with John Barry, energy expert in HEDRO. Uh, thanks, John. Yeah, great to talk to you. And thanks to all of you for tuning in to Hydro Talks.
0: Thank you for listening to HEDRO Talks. Make sure to subscribe. If you have any feedback or comments, get in touch at podcast at com.